Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. This could win. Big answer. Oh, yeah. Tell you something. It does have a body part in the title. Kind of lame, though. What's lame? Like, do you find this concept a little bit lame? Or do you Wanted find hold it hand? exciting? Phenomenal. Great song. Yeah. yeah. Kind of where it starts, isn't it? What normally happens first? I don't know. So, yeah, so give me the answer. What usually happens first? Holding someone's hand or the kiss? Uh, I guess it depends. Like, if you go on a first date, you could end up kissing sure. them at the end of the night. But what before. would be your guess? Which... My guess is hand-holding. My guess More is you're holding hands for a long time, the <laughs> camera. No, seriously, John, 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 what's the answer to that question? What happens first more Probably often? Probably hand-holding, but I don't know. Rhea, what's the answer? The hand-holding or the kiss? So. Kiss. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Twitter poll question. What happens first more often? <laughs> the hand-holding. No, I think, I think it's a great song. All right, let's, uh, you know it's great? Peter King's had an incredible career, and it is coming to an end. Peter King has announced, I'm retiring. That's what he announced today. Um, here's what he says, and he's got, I'm retiring, he's got an asterisk next to, asterisk? Is that asterisk. 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 Uh, next to the word retiring. No. Asterisk. 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 We've been As- down this asterisk. road. Asterisk. Asterisk. Yeah. Asterisk. Yes. Okay, I got it. Woo. I, woohoo. All right, so here's what he says. He says, I'm using um, an asterisk because I truly don't know what the future holds for me. I probably will work at something, but as I write this, I have no idea what it will be. Maybe it will be something in the media world, but just not Football Morning in America, which has been his column for years. Four reasons he gave. One, it's time. He said, I had, forced, I had to force myself to be interested in things other than training camp and the games, and that's no way to do th- this job, meaning he got a little tired of the job. Uh, two, he said, is this all there is? Basically saying, am I just going to do the same thing you know, my whole life, and, and that's it? Uh, three, he said, one other thing that's hard that, uh, to understand if you're not me, and he referenced how his column had gotten cut down dramatically this year at the behest of his big boss, who wanted him to actually work less in order to work longer. Like, hey, if you don't write 10,500 words a column, but you write 6,000 words, the big boss at NBC is thinking, oh, they'll keep this guy around for another decade or so. And here's what he wrote about that decision. He said, I pondered what to cut entirely and what to write shorter and it just felt like if I did, it wouldn't be the column the way I liked it anymore. There's this part of me that couldn't change. So we didn't enjoy it. Final Reason Family, which obviously is a uh, one that a lot of people cite. So anyway, our best of Peter King was a guest on our show last week. Um, and we'll see, uh, you know, like 
is is like today's last column, or is, is there another one to come? I don't know, but basically he is in the midst of retiring. Holy cow! Yeah, legendary I mean, career, just legendary. Yeah. and it, for for me, the the Sports Illustrated idea that's right was everything to sports. Sports Illustrated, and and I the thing that's troubling is like a, a kid who's coming into sports and becoming familiar with teams and everything else. Right now, Sports Illustrated isn't really part of the equation at all, which which blows my mind because it for me was every Thursday. It was my like lifeline outside to, you know, to sports outside yeah. Mechanicsburg. Yeah. You know, like it was a it was a pretty parochial yep. existence for me in central PA. It was great to be able to learn about the big city. You know what crushed the it? real teams, Techno- the big time teams. technology. I know. Crushed it. Crushed it. Everything. Things change. I mean, yeah. Rhea, updates. This is the only show on WIP we even do updates. Yes. Because everyone knows, you know, most of what happened. Now, people wake up, and we choose to do updates in this time part because some stuff goes late. Not everyone that listens, particularly 6, 7 o'clock hour, knows everything. But there's certainly not a reason to do a sports update at one fifteen in the afternoon anymore. No, no we reason. Used, yeah, and we used to do scoreboards. They yeah. don't matter anymore because yeah. you can immediately get it. So, like, what I try to do is my first couple updates, I give you the scores. Yeah. I give you who did this. And then I try to transition out to stories they might not know about. Smart. Yeah, yeah it's really it's really good. It's really good stuff. So, all right, our best of Peter King has been a great guest on our show, uh, you know, on this program, and he's retiring. And we'll find out ultimately if he's going to still do interviews or not. Who knows? But uh, good for him for being able to step away. 66 years old, Peter King, wants to do other stuff. Let's get to Eric in Royersford. Good morning, Eric. Good morning, guys. How are you? Doing well, Eric. Good. Um, I... I, for the most part, agree with A.J. Brown and most of what he says. I think he was more agitated than anything. So I don't know if he, you know, I think he wanted to say a lot more than he could on the air. But uh, I think the way media is now, and, I mean, you guys have to come up with four hours of content every day of the week. But with all the hot takes and everything, like, we live in a world where there's too many Skip Baylesses. There are. Stephen A's and... Kornheisers and not enough Peter Kings and Ray Dingers. It's a really good point. And, and I'll tell you, Eric, I wish he had specified that, and he, he may be thinking in those terms, he may not, but I agree with you. I think in those terms. I can't yeah. stand, you know, Skip Bayless's role in media in America. Frankly, to give you a word, I think it's a disgrace. I really do. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Now, I mean, I always liked Marshawn Lynch at the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. I'm only here so I don't get fined because, I mean, a, a, a person's personal life is personal. It's really nobody's business. So, I mean, but like I said, keep, you know, guys in your – well, here, but, but here's, here's what but that here, – here's what of your job now that you've signed a contract. Correct. It's your job to talk about work. And, Eric, here's, here's why. The owners want it to churn the business of the NFL. So let me give you an example, Eric. Tomorrow, Howie Roseman and Nick Sirianni are going to talk. If it's in a press conference form, and I don't know if it is, that's certainly the kind of thing we would air on WIP. If not, we'll play back clips. Sometimes these things are press conferences from the Combine. Sometimes they're not press conferences. We will certainly air and report on what gets said. I can guarantee you this, Eric. Howie Roseman don't want to do it. Nick Sirianni doesn't want to do it. They are doing it because Jeffrey Lurie and the other 31 owners – and the prior owners, before they sold their franchises, said these are things we're going to do because it, 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 it augments the business of the NFL. 
We're going to put the coach out there. He'll be uncomfortable. We're going to put the GM out there. He's going to be uncomfortable. To your point about Marshawn, we're going to put the, the, the players out there. They're not always going to be comfortable, but it gets people talking and it gets people interested year-round, and that's how a business that was, my God, when my grandma was Burt Bell's uh, secretary, I think there was like 15 people in the NFL office, and now it was a multi-multi-multi-billion dollar operation. Was that like a power <laughs> no, I'm name drop? I think Grandma were, well, she was. is secretary of she Bird was. Bell. There were 13, I believe there were 13 employees. And damn right that was a name drop. And damn right that was a power move. The DeCamera family, but it was actually the Wolf family. So how should we feel yes. about that? I, I, I don't know how to feel about it. It is kind of cool. Of course it's cool. Your grandma was, yes. just, you know. Bert Bell secretary of Bert Bell. Yeah, to the, to the commission of the league. I don't know that it gives you the <laughs> ability to talk about it, like with, with credence and credit. All right, Eric, give me an answer here, man. Body part in a title. What do you got? Well, it's it's going to be a little slang. It's Lady Gaga disco stick. Uh, <laughs> okay, fair enough. Not two a one, body part in a title. Two but, one five. You know, hmm. well, it's big stick, Nick. Yeah, but again, I've got, there, there's <laughs> so many answers with actual body parts in it. <laughs> fair mm-hmm. enough. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. All right, up ahead with Doc Rivers set upon his return. Elliot Short Parks, his breakdown of the AJ Brown interview, and tons of audio of what AJ said. We're going to go through a really basically pretty much all of it up ahead. Your phone calls on all of these topics. Joe DeCameron, John Ritchie on 94 WIP. Hey, let me tell you about FanDuel Sportsbook and how you can win big no matter the sport with FanDuel Sportsbook in partnership with Valley Forge Casino, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. You can, of course, with quick bets, live same-game parlays, Exclusive props and more, whether it's pro basketball, obviously all the games up ahead this week, uh, to hockey, future bets with baseball season starts in about a month. It's all there for you with the official uh, partner of 94WIP and the official sportsbook partner of the NBA, FanDuel Sportsbook. So lock in your bet or bets at FanDuel.com slash hammer. That's FanDuel.com slash hammer. You can also bet on the college variety as well with the great month of March up ahead next month. It's all worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole. Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. When I moved, I needed a lawn care service. I wanted results and safety for my family. I chose Natural Lawn of America just like I had previously because Natural Lawn of America has been creating green lawns quickly, more naturally, and with fewer weeds since 1987. Their technicians work to determine the specific needs of your lawn. 
That reduces the need for chemicals and creates a safer lawn for your family. Take advantage of Natural Lawn's limited-time offer, free seeding every year. Call 800-FREE-SEED. Natural Lawn of America, greener grass, fewer weeds, guaranteed. Brought to you by Window Nation, 6 or 7 and 16, without Joel Embiid as they fell to the Bucks, 119.98 at home and Doc Rivers return Milwaukee with 69 first-half points, held the Sixers to 16 in the fourth. Flyers mounted multiple comeback efforts but fell short at the Penguins 7-6. NFL Network's Tom Pelissera just posting the Chiefs and Andy Reid expected to begin negotiations soon on a new contract to make Reid the highest-paid coach in football. Save big with 50% off plus an additional 10% off at zero down, zero interest, no payments for 24 months, windownation.com. Sunny today, a high of 44. It's currently 34. To listen to 94 WIP, just download the free Odyssey app or tell your smart speaker to play 94 WIP. I hope everyone had a great weekend. It was awesome. Seeing the Phillies back in action. Sixers really struggled yesterday. Flyers with the flight of the year over the weekend. All of which brings us to our Twitter poll question of the day brought to us by Armin Chevrolet. Armin offering the highest quality certified pre-owned vehicles in the Delaware Valley. Together, let's drive. Visit ArminChevy.com. Today's question, which team were you most interested to watch this weekend? Was it A, the Flyers, B, the Phillies, or C, the 76ers? You can vote at Sports Radio WIP on Twitter. And certainly weigh in on the phone lines as well. Speaking of weighing in, obviously Doc Rivers weighed in, but so too did Sixers fans when he was introduced. Let's listen. Doc introduced, and we'll play some of the audio of what he said, uh, you know, about his tenure in Philadelphia. But first, the introduction of Doc as the Bucks coach. They moved right on. Should have just let that one sit for like 20 seconds. You know, give me. Could have let it brew and simmer <laughs> and bubble over Come and make on. a mess. Give me Please. A tw- give me 20 seconds of that. But anyway, that's that's what you got. Nice job with the crowd responding, obviously. Because, you know, look, I don't think Doc's a bad dude, but he, he was not accountable here and ultimately didn't get them over the top. And I think there was a lot that was more wrong than just him, obviously. But, um, you know, I'm not a, not a big Doc Rivers fan, to say the least. Let's listen to what he said. He talked about a lot of different things upon his return, including the topic that, you know, you knew was going to come up. Just a big picture on his time in Philadelphia. Here's what he said. How do you think your, your tenure here should be remembered? That's up to you. That's not up to me. I think uh, I was happy with it overall. I just wish we could have got further, gone further. I wish I could have had a chance to have Joel healthy in the playoffs. Um, but you know, when I took this job here, uh, I think we had got swept the year before in the first round that, that regular season. The next year we won the East, um, lost to Atlanta, which I would love to have that one back, uh, as a group. Um, you know, but overall, um, Joel became an MVP. Uh, we established this team as a championship contender. Um, that wasn't said the year before. So, um, and under a lot of stuff, you know, you think about it, we had the James Harden trade, the Ben stuff. So there's a lot of stuff going on. 
Uh, some was under my control. Some was out of my control. But overall, um, you know, for me, if you don't win a title, you know, you're never exactly happy. That's why we all do this. It's only going to be one of those a year. But, you know, I loved it here. Look, I mean, there's some good in there did and there's some just, bad in there. It's did annoying. he just, like, try to come clean? Did you hear some admission of, of wrongdoing and guilt? In, in what regard? He said – some was in my control. Some was not yeah, in my control. There was something in there where well, it felt like he was, I don't know, getting something off his chest. Did you I, feel the same no, way? No, because I viewed it more like he was focusing more on the stuff not in his control, frankly. Yeah, it felt like he was trying to shirk responsibility. I, I, I think so. I took. Yeah, that's my thing. And by the way, I object to this concept that the Sixers became a title contender with him. I mean, first off, let's remember this, guys. Yeah, while he's focusing on the bubble in 2020 when the Sixers lost in the first round, and they did in part because Ben Simmons missed the whole playoffs. So Joel didn't have his main running mate for the 2020 playoffs. 2019, look, they became as much a title contender in 2019 when they got to Game 7 versus Toronto in the second round as they did at any time in his tenure here. I mean, that's just a fact. So let's not act like, you know, 2020, like the Sixers were off the map in 2020. I mean, that Josh Richardson guy, that guy stunk. Ben got hurt. You know, I mean, I, I don't know what to tell you, Doc. You didn't, you, you didn't, they didn't go anywhere further. They got to a game seven two years before he was here. They got to a game seven last year, same round. So, you know, and I'm not looking to just flat blast the guy. I mean, again, I don't think he's a bad dude, but um, and some of his answer made sense. Some of it I thought was a little silly. Here's more of Doc. I just, I just thought it was interesting in light of what uh, JJ Redick was saying about Doc never being yeah. accountable. I take it the this other way. This is Doc saying something that has to do with, hey, you know, maybe I could have done a better job. That, that I've never heard anything like that from Doc before. Well, yeah, but he also didn't say I could have done a better job. He just said stuff in my control. It's not exactly an apology. <laughs> it's not, a, you know, you're right. All right. Here's here's more of Doc like pulling teeth. It is. More a doc as he focuses on last year. Do you feel like you got a bum rap, though? I mean, because there was a game where your two best players struggled, um, the game seven, and, and for you to lose. Listen, that's up for you guys. Listen, um, I believe in what I do. I'll put it that way. Um, going into the series last year, uh, if I asked you guys to have a show of hands, who picked the Sixers? That's the point. So, uh, Yet we had them down 3-2 and had a chance. The game we should have won was the game six. Uh, game sevens are tough everywhere. Uh, but, you know, we did something to get there. And uh, it just tells you how close we were. And so, you know, I look back on that and, and think, I don't, you know, Joel wasn't 100% last year. So, uh, you know, things happen and you just live with it. Well, Joel was not 100%. I'll just say this. Again, I, I think some of what he said makes sense, a lot, actually. But who picked the Sixers? And I know it's rhetorical. Well, Doc, maybe part of the reason people didn't pick the Sixers is because you were their coach. Ever, ever, ever think about that? I mean, you know, that's that's part of the equation. Who, who's the guy on my sideline running the show? All right, let's go to the phones, 215-592-9494, to react to Doc Rivers back in town. It was a fiasco yesterday. I mean, the Sixers just got wild. A.J. Brown obviously has been the main discussion point here stemming from his interview on friday let's go to derek and paoli we'll talk to elliot in a couple minutes good morning derek how you doing gentlemen what's up derek yo listen i was listening to the aj brown right the aj brown thing so mm-hmm. I, I i just know when you aj brown had a lot of friends growing up right <laughs> the godfather of his kid is jalen hurts right that to me that says a lot about their friendship that they don't have to go on the radio or the TV every time they miss the connection 
to explain their relationship. You know what I'm saying? No, but like, but, but Derek, we also know friendships fray. I'm not saying it did or didn't. I don't know. But let's uh, not hold on. Oh, but 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 Derek, Derek, is is everybody's best man their best friend or anywhere near their best friend five, listen, 20, 40 years later? Well, listen, of course bro, how not. Can you, how, how can how can you? First of all, you're not married, right? And you don't correct. have a kid. So correct for you correct. to say that, right? For you to say that, like. I well, Derek, me, am, am I spitting truth or not? Like, people's I, I friendships no. change. Friendships listen, don't change? Can you let me talk to her? Listen, A.J. Brown, he grew up. I'm telling you, in, the, in our culture, right, if you pick someone to be your best man or your godfather, like, that, and you got a brother or you got cousins who you probably shared a room with, like, their friendship to me, that solidifies their friendship. So I'm Derek, thinking, like, I, watched the wi- I watched The Wire ah. season three this weekend. You know what happened season three? What happened season three of The Wire? Seltzer, what happened season three? Two Avon best... and Stringer. Avon and Stringer turn on each other. Don't tell me friendships don't change. Come on, man. That's, that's, that's fictional, Joe. Well, that's yeah, fictional. but, but Derek, you're, <laughs> Derek, you're telling me friendships don't it change. Come on. Come on. John, listen, when, listen. Also, listen. I'm trying to tell you. Him calling in and saying what he said to me, I feel like he left some, some doors open. Yeah. But I do think that him and Jalen's friendship is sturdy. And I also think, mm-hmm. like, and I, I don't I don't dislike the media, but I feel like we create narratives like the whole thing with when the Bulls say, Oh, there's an Eagles player, high profile Eagles player who did this and did that. The first people that everybody went to was Hurts, AJ Brown, Darius Slay, like like guys like Lane Johnson, Kelsey, like even when Dallas Goddard was giving Jalen Hurst a finger on the sideline, like that's not even a big deal. Like to me, that's more of a big deal because, like, I don't think Jalen Hurts really trusts Dallas Goddard because he was dropping balls and slipping and stuff like that. But you don't get your quarterback finger on the sideline. Well, I didn't like, see that. Did that happen? Right? Yeah, that was. I've never saw, heard. I've saw that. Well, I, I did not. You, you know what I'm saying? I, I just think A.J. Brown, he's he's very emotional guy. I Clearly, think he's a little yeah. sensitive in the field. I ain't going to say Philly because I feel like all media, like, these guys answer questions. But we want more answers. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's true. We, that's we, right. we want we want to know everything. That's but right. That's, that's right. That's not their life. Like they their life is on full blast. No, it it is, and that's gotta be that's gotta be tough. <laughs> Derek, tough. Derek, give me a great answer. So listen, a body part in the title. This is for so Santana tickets. AJ Brown, in honor of AJ Brown calling in, I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you the winner. Yes. Backstabbers. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, how about that? Look, it's gotta be brutal to be an athlete. Um with the microscope shining brightly on you and some of the stuff that gets said. There was a clip of uh, Kevin Durant, and the NBA players get it the worst because they're the closest to the fans. So uh, Kevin Durant ran out for a game a couple days ago, and uh, some fan calls something out, and it seemed like the B word is what's being reported. And, uh, you know, Durant confronted the fan. And, and, like, so that's brutal. I'm not saying that's easy. That stinks. That's horrible. That fan should be thrown out if that was said. That's not good. Obviously, social media, it's, it's brutal. It's yeah. nasty, man. It's really nasty. But it seems like Durant somehow gets embroiled in these things far too often. I mean, Kevin Durant, you're one of the greatest athletes in the world, I man. It, I know it hurts when someone's got an opinion that's, you know, against you or, you know, a teammate or yeah. something you really feel strongly about. But, man, this is uh, – you don't have to. You don't have to get negative and you know involved 
with all this. So I know, like social but media for some people, it can be healthy. It, it doesn't seem like it's very healthy for many. Well, it's Let's not. be honest. It's not. But it seems incredibly unhealthy for some. And, I agree. And unfortunately for Kevin Durant, it seems like he's one of those. I agree. Let's listen to more of, of A.J. Brown. We'll talk to Elias Sherparks in a moment. Here's A.J. I mean, it's very obvious he feels uh, sort of uh, – uh, persecuted maybe is the word I don't know here here's AJ Brown in the interview with Jack and Ike on Friday a lot of stuff be personal towards me though you know even like the uh the whole diva thing and all that's like I, I mean listen I, I know you guys you guys be talking you guys most majority of, of the news that come out of your show be negative all the time and I understand why you're trying to get clicks and views and this and that but you know what I'm saying? I don't think that's the way to go. I think you should be authentic and you should you should handle it the right way. But that's not how that show been going. And you know what I'm saying? I wanted to come on the show and talk to you guys a little bit and see see what's going on because it, it just doesn't make sense. All right. So a few different things in there. N- number one, I totally respect AJ for wanting to just face his head on and and deal with it and call in. I mean that is really admirable. And again, I reiterate what I said right from the beginning. I think he seems like a great guy, a great teammate, type of dude you do want to have in a foxhole. Like John, there was a lot. I think I it think it's wonderful. awesome. I, yeah. I do think we're, we're it's becoming clear that there is a leadership, like a, a an unusual setup for this Eagles team, where you've got AJ and Jalen in some you know unique roles. Yeah. You know, at the top, it everything is like working together. Like when we we hear all the time from the front office that it's uh, you know they're, jeez, uh, uh, what is the word? together c word c camaraderie my gosh they're working collaborate collaborative everything's collaborative (laughs) my gosh total brain fart collaborative is the word that the front office uses this team the players themselves their leadership approach feels like it's collaborative we're learning more about that collaborative approach best friends atop the the, at least the offensive side of things in the the well i don't know that they are best again but they i'm speculating yeah yeah, yeah. based on information that i've gotten in the past right maybe this is old information might be i'd like to know newer information but you know i'm going on what we have yep uh it really is an interesting dynamic that we that we have working it sort of broke though this season whatever that leadership dynamic was we need to fine-tune it and realized that it didn't work for well, the last well, seven, seven weeks. Clearly. I mean, that's what matters most for the Eagles to get back on track. I'll say this. I object to uh, AJ's uh, presentation there that we present things in such a negative light. And he, on one hand, he says, be authentic. And the other hand, he says, you know, majority of news be negative. Well, hold on a second. It's all circumstantial. What's going on in the sports scene? I mean, I know this. October of 2022. With the Phillies in the playoffs for three weeks, very little negative. Then when they lost, there was some negative, obviously. But for three weeks, it was a joyous ride. A year ago, talking about this Eagles team, Correct. we were all positive. Oh, Correct. What a, what a run. Correct. What a team. The future's bright. I mean, we react to what we say. Period. End of story. Now, do some media members and some fans go too far? Absolutely. thousand percent. Do some people, I think, dwell in the negative? to try to stir up topics as a media member. Yes, I absolutely do not believe I'm one of them. Some people might disagree with that. I just tell you what I think. And I think all of us here just tell, tell you what we think. So, and here's, and here's the unfortunate reality for A.J. Brown as it relates to the Eagles. They don't get to play on this topic. They don't get to play another game for another seven months. So it's a long time to dwell on how the last season ended. That's just the way the cookie crumbles. I mean, I know this. 
in February of 2018, March of 2018, April of 2018, May of 2018, when the last game was they won a Super Bowl, you had seven months of, of, of you know, everyone's, you know, singing praises nonstop. That's all there was to do. Fat cattedness. <laughs> oh, that's seven a- months of, yeah, <laughs> right. lapping right. up the cream. Look, and, we'll, yeah. p- we'll play more of the AJ audio. I mean, we're basically going to play just about all of it coming up here in about 15 minutes. But let's talk to Elliot Shore Parks right now. Of course, you can react and weigh in on, on everything A.J. Brown said, what you've heard. If you haven't heard it all, we're going to play near all of it coming up again in just a couple of minutes here. Let's get Elliot Shore Parks. He's about to head out to the NFL Combine, which is a great opportunity for the Eagles and the other teams to try to bolster their squads for next year and beyond. Elliot about to take off, and he's brought to us right now uh, by Colonial Hyundai. It's uh, triple rebates, only a Colonial Hyundai this month. Shop 24-7 at ColonialHyundai.com. Colonial Hyundai, the faster, easier, better way to buy a Hyundai. Elliot Short Parks. Good morning, Elliot. Hey, what's going on? How are you guys doing? Quite a bit, my man. So let's start with AJ, and we're going to be almost all AJ this whole interview here. What was your biggest takeaway, Elliot, from what you heard from AJ Brown with Jack and Ike on Friday? Yeah, I mean, there's so many. Uh, it's hard to know where to start. I guess, I guess I would say that one thing that's really stuck with me since he called in, listening back to it, thinking about it, is this team, and, and I'll start with AJ here, is really filled with people that do not, like, leave their job at the office. Right? You hear Howie talk a lot about signing Eagles, guys that really care. Like, think about Nick Sirianni. He doesn't seem like someone that leaves a Novacare and stops thinking about football. And I think with AJ, what you heard in that call was he is someone that is thinking about this all the time. And I think that's a positive in a lot of ways. But I also think a negative of that can be he is very tuned in on what people are saying all the time about him, right? And I can only imagine how overwhelming that must be, you know, because especially with how that season ended, it probably feels extremely negative for him right now. I mean, there was a lot of reporting last week uh, that I'd imagine unfairly, I'll say, AJ got attached to. He's someone that is clearly online and, like, listens to content about the Eagles. So one thing that came across to me was I think his perception of, like, of how he's viewed by the city is maybe not fully correct. Like I know he feels misunderstood and I think in some ways that's true, but I don't think the city has a negative view of AJ. And I think one thing that came across there was, you know, he feels misunderstood. I think the majority of fan base and media like thinks very highly of AJ. So I agree with you entirely on that, Elliot. Let's, let's talk about the, the early answer he gave on, on Jalen hurts where he referenced rumors being quote total BS um, but then pivoted to, but I, I, and this is the exact quote, quote, I'm not going to get into me and his relationship on the air. It struck me as a convoluted answer that frankly created additional confusion and will lead to additional speculation. What did you make of that answer? Well, first, let's just call it what it is. Like, I think that last week for AJ, when Craig Carton said what he said, AJ caught a lot of shrapnel from that, right? A lot of people spec fully, just completely speculating AJ was involved with that. So I would imagine last week, AJ probably a lot on like social media or whatever, saw himself tagged in the Craig Carton tweet, uh, tweet, heard about it, like all those things, right? So I would imagine when he talked about, when he was asked about Jalen, that's what, that's what's on his mind. And look, it is unfair, right? Like Craig Carton said something, didn't have anything to really like explain what it was. And I think AJ got a lot of, you know, it was involved in that. So I think that's unfair in terms of the relationship with Jalen and it being complicated. I, I like in terms of, you know, him saying you don't want to get into it. I'd imagine it was complicated last year. This is a team that lost six of their last seven games. It was clearly an ugly locker room. I think, you know, everyone 
has heard that players have talked about it. So I don't see any way where that didn't carry over to any relationship in that building. Um, so, yeah, I think that, you know, when it comes to friendship, like it's complicated. I can't sit here and say they are friends or they are not friends. But, yeah, I think his answer probably, you know, gave a little bit of insight into what was probably a complicated and ugly final, like, six weeks inside of the Novacare. Elliot, what's the likelihood that AJ's uh, interview will have the impact, make a difference the way that he'd hoped? Well, I think it depends what he's hoping for. Um, I mean, if, if AJ thinks that by calling in, like, the Eagles are going to be discussed positively. I don't think that's going to happen. Like, the, the, nothing is going to change with this Eagles team until they travel to Brazil and get a win. Like, you know, training camp, people will be excited and all those things. But ultimately, people are still really, really upset, and rightfully so, about how the season ended. So there is nothing they can do. No, no, not, you know, everything's going to be viewed in a negative light until then. So if AJ's hope is that, you know, the team won't be discussed negatively, like, they brought this on themselves in terms of the ending of, of that season. Now, if, if his hope is he can be better understood, like, I think every time AJ talks, it works well for him. He had that press conference at the end of the season that I thought was really good. I thought calling in on Friday worked out really well for him. Like, if he feels misunderstood, I would encourage him to talk more because I feel like every time he talks, he has smart points to say, and I think he comes across really well. So, you know, maybe that would help him in terms of not being as much misunderstood. Elliot, I agree with you a million percent there. And, you know, this was a quote from him in, in the conversation on Friday. He said, talking about when he stopped talking down the stretch of the season, you know, to the media, he said, quote, I thought not talking was the best thing for the team. And my opinion then and now is he was wrong to hold that opinion. I think it actually hurt the team because it, it, it led to rampant speculation. I just – and yeah. I admire his – I admire his um, desire to try to help. I think it actually had the inverse effect. Yeah, and I think there's definitely people inside of the Novacare that, that agree with that, right? And, I, you know, the whole him not talking to the media thing, and he said it's because of, uh, you know, he didn't want to talk because I think he said something like, look now how it's going. Bottom line is he said initially he didn't have anything nice to say, and then at one point he said it was not about the media. So yeah. now maybe him, him <laughs> explaining, you know, like him explaining how, why he was upset. Look, if he feels that would have been misinterpreted, that's one thing. But he did not talk at least according to his own words, like because the media, he was upset about how things were going. So, you know, I, I think that, again, every time he talks, he explains it well, he makes good points. So I don't think not talking for those two weeks was a good call. And to act like that wasn't a big deal, I, I think is silly. Like when one of the faces of the franchise isn't talking out of anger for two weeks, like how, how else is that supposed to be perceived and discussed? Yep. Well, that's, that's the question. Like how much anger uh, and dysfunction are we talking about here with these players and then Fletcher Cox uh how how does he factor in was he the defense's perspective was he the old head guy perspective you know that I have so many questions uh that yeah. probably are, are are really difficult to answer uh for for you Elliot but uh Fletcher yeah, I mean, Cox I, I, how what's your perception of how he fits yeah I would just say like this reminds me a lot about the discussion after the 2020 season, how dysfunctional mm. the Eagles were, how, you know, there was an article in the athletic about how no one liked working for Howie and all these like inner working dynamics, how no one got along. Carson and Doug didn't talk for a few weeks. And I don't think it's a coincidence that that, that, that off season happened after what was probably the last really super disappointing Eagles season. I think when, when there's losing, and I think one thing AJ is right about this, 
is like it is different in Philadelphia. I would imagine when they lost in Tennessee, it was not that big of a deal, frankly. Right? If the Eagles lose one game, it's a big deal, let alone how it was in 2020 and the collapse at the end of this season. So we could probably go through every player or every coach on the roster and say, like, you know, were they happy with how things ended or how were their dynamics with their whether it be a coach or a front office person or a teammate, I think it was just a really ugly ending of the season for everybody involved. And when and when you're in Philly, that gets you know magnified. Elliot Sure Parks with us here on WIP. Uh, again, we're going to play the vast majority of that AJ Brown interview uh, and and break it down sort of question by question uh, and answer by answer coming up here shortly. Uh, this segment, uh, Elliot. Let's talk about a few other things. You're about to fly out to the combine. Obviously, Eagles brass, I would assume, is already there. Um, what give us just the lay of the land, the combine, how many days this year, and, and what's uh, what's on the Eagles' agenda, so to speak? Yeah. So the combine's about a week. Um, Nick Sirianni and Howie Roseman will talk tomorrow to the media at around 1.30, so obviously a lot to ask them, a lot to get into. Um, in terms of the combine, I know it's viewed as a draft event, and it is. Obviously, a lot of the draft prospects will be there. They'll meet with draft guys. But what the combine really is is a chance for all the GMs, all the agents, all the head coaches – to be in one place in a small city, like a compact environment. And this is where things happen. Like I remember last year being in Indianapolis, walking by and Jason Kelsey was there because he was recording stuff for his pod. But that's also where, you know, they found out he was going to come back. I think this week, one thing that they're really going to have to figure out is the Hassan Reddick thing. Like I'm sure Reddick's agent is going to be there. He'll be able to talk to all the teams around the league. So uh, while it's a draft event, I think a lot of what will happen over the next five days is things that don't involve the draft, and the Eagles will make a lot of decisions with big guys on the roster that will really shape next year. Hey, Elliot, how, how much do you uh, work on the questions uh, for this uh, tomorrow, the, the press conference that you've got with Howie? A massive opportunity to learn all these yeah. things. How much do you put into that? Yeah, put in, what do you want to ask him, basically? Yeah, well, it's, you know, I, it's something I've been thinking about, something I'll think about today and tomorrow. Like, there's so many things that, I, you know, I think the Hassan Reddick thing, like I just mentioned, is certainly a major point for Howie. Uh, he has not talked about it. It's just been reported that Hassan, um, you know, is willing, is, is allowed to speak a trade. So hearing him talk about that will be important. I also think with Nick, and I'll, you know, I'll welcome feedback on this. I kind of think it's another good opportunity for him to explain, like, how his role has changed. I think that when he, he last talked and, you know, was asked, what do you do as a head coach? You know, his answer is probably one that he would want back, and maybe he didn't explain it well. I do think now with a few weeks and maybe with the, the you know, kind of temperature going down a little, like just hearing him explain how he feels things are differently, I, I, are different from last year, I think is an important question. So, yeah, a lot to get to for sure. All right, Elliot, final thing here. I saw over the weekend the NFL came out with the numbers for the salary cap. I don't know how much of this you've been able to digest yet, but yeah. the salary cap has risen $30 million, which is the biggest jump in NFL history. Um, it goes to $255 million for this upcoming season. Do you have an early read on the implications for the Eagles? Obviously, it's all relatable to the other teams. What that salary cap information means from an Eagles standpoint? Yeah, I think the, the short thing everyone should know is the Eagles have enough money to do literally whatever they want. In all my years covering the team, I've never seen them have this much salary cap space, especially you consider Kevin Byard as someone they're probably they're going to move on from or have take a massive pay cut. Hassan Reddick, if he's either traded or extended, that'll open up a ton of cap room. So I think by the time all is said and done, and this is, you know, a rough, a rough estimate, they could have up to $60 million or $55 million to spend. And with the way they structure deals, I mean, you could literally sign probably every single top free agent out there. And obviously you have to extend the money. 
but they have a lot of assets to work with in terms of draft picks and cap space where this is a big week to like figure out what you can do with that because they have a ton of money to spend. But the other teams have a ton of money to spend also, right? Yeah, for sure. But the, the difference is you have to have that money to spend. So you're right. Other teams have money. But what the Eagles have is, A, I think they're one of the premier franchises in the league. I think you see that in terms of where free agents go. Yep. But also the way they structure contracts, I think they're better at it than most teams. So when all the teams have money, the Eagles are good at structuring it in a way where it benefits the player. Elliot, have a great trip. We'll obviously talk to you a couple times this week with you out there at the Combine. Thanks, buddy. Yep, sounds good. Talk to Thanks, you. Thanks, Elliot. All right, the A.J. Brown audio. We're going to get to almost all of it here coming up in a moment. Let's go to the phones. Talk to Drew in Westchester right now. Hi, Drew. Hey, good morning, folks. Let me take a breath. A lot of pressure immediately following Elliot, but I'll, uh, I'll do my best here. So, um, so A.J. Brown, um, I came away feeling – uh, you know, better after the interview than I did before. But I think my one, if I was in his inner circle, which I'm not, I think my one piece of advice to him would kind of be like a three-letter phrase, like read the room. The one part I did roll my eyes at a little bit was when he was like, you know, I'm the guy you want on the team because I hold other people accountable. And I think when you choose to do that in like a public setting on the sideline when you're winning – that can lead to being misunderstood because it leads to speculation from other people, which is totally fair. So that yeah, was but I'll say, but, but Drew, I'll say this: maybe people won't misunderstand it the next time when he has a sideline. Let's call it eruption or mini eruption. Maybe people will now start assuming it's not that he's mad he's not getting the ball; it's that he just thinks teammates got to do more, got to fight more, got to dig down more, got to execute better, and he's trying to pump them all up. Like that is that is something I think he has pretty effectively done here to try to change that narrative. Now, look, I can't tell you next October exactly how I'll react or you'll react or anyone will react in that type of moment when we see it on TV. But my mind certainly, I think, has changed somewhat because normally my assumption is wide receiver wants the ball. That's my normal fallback assumption. Yeah, I guess my I guess the ultimate thing is like if the teammates are okay with it, then you know that's then that's what is most important. I just think there's times where that can really start to wear on people if you're consistently harping on like perfection and you're not playing perfect football yourself. So I just think yeah. that's something. But we don't know that he's harping on perfection. Of. He might just say, guys, here let me here's what he might be saying here. Oh, hold on. Got to get this right here. Got to get Bobby Knight. He might be saying, Now you better get your head out of your ass. I mean, right? He might, that's money. He might be saying to Hurts or anybody, you know, play better. Let's go. Drew, give me an answer. A body part and a title. Best answer wins the Santana tickets and the County Crow tickets. You got it. Can I make a quick uh, Philly story? Oh, uh, yeah, please. Uh, just awesome to have him back over the weekend. I think my one big thing is I really want to find a way to get Pache on the team. I'm not saying he's going to amount to anything, but it'd be really a shame if he you know, becomes a stud somewhere else. Um, so I think, you know, just given his pedigree, you got to find a way to get him on that bench, even if, even if it means, you know, going like a bullpen guy short or something. I just think he needs to be on the team, you know, when they break camp. All right, Drew, give me an answer here. What do you got? Uh, so I'm going to go one with actually two body parts. Uh, Alanis Morissette, head over feet. You got it, my man. So Seltzer, so is, the is Pache pod- not going to be on the team? I think he'll probably be on the team. No, but I the point is, there. Pache is looking awesome and we're told not to read into the 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 preseason and these games and the way guys look but you're saying awesome in two games he is an outfielder really one game athletic he didn't play much he just 
hit a home run. Okay. So everyone's excited. Yeah, you know who else was awesome? Scott Kingery. Are we freaking out? Scott Kingery kicked butt in that first game. Frustrating to watch Scott Well, he's a whole – it's a whole – Seltzer, they can send Pache down if they didn't have space for the big league roster. I don't know if he has options or not. I think he he might be out of options. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. But Pache, it looks uh, exciting that uh, he continues to develop and grow. Okay. We'll see. I mean, listen, maybe he's talented athletically. Very, very talented. He is. The the offense is what you need to see, and it looks like that's, you know, all right. A the, little bit there. The Pache agent. is out of minor league options. Oh, well, then that is an issue. All right. Uh- we get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.